Welcome to Change Nation. Have you ever wanted to pursue your dream, do probably what you've always wanted to do, whether it's playing video games, whether it's working out, whether it's traveling, whether it's maybe cooking, opening up a restaurant, and just not been quite sure how to start, where to get the money, is it really possible? People tell you, no, you can't do that. Well, today you're in for a bit of a different experience because my guest is probably the expert in not only himself pursuing his dream, but helping other people do the same thing. Jonathan Fields is the author of Career Renegade, how to make a great living doing exactly what you love. So Jonathan, real pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, it's so nice to be here with you. Jonathan, you are probably exactly what people would love to go ahead and do. <laughs> and. I want to just sort of know, how did this actually happen for you? Well, you know, I was um, working as a lawyer in a large firm in New York City, and uh, there was a deal that we were on, and I barely slept at all for about three weeks, and the stress combined with the lack of sleep pretty much shut down my immune system. I ended up in the hospital in emergency surgery. And when your body literally rejects your career, you kind of have to step back and listen. So I paused, and, and in that window where I was recovering, there were a couple of big realizations for me. One is the carrot that was being dangled in front of me, I had no interest in. I didn't want to be a partner in a large firm, no matter how much I would get paid. And the other big realization is that there were a lot of things I was madly passionate about that I wasn't doing because my life was consumed in this one other pursuit. So I literally stepped back and made a list of the 10 things that I thought would be cool to do as a living. And then I, I sort of started on this quest to see if I could figure out some way to make money doing them. What were some of the things on the list? Well, I made a list of about 10 things. And the things at the top of the list were all revolving around health and fitness and lifestyle. And there were also things that I noticed pretty quickly that most people don't make much money at. And I live in New York City. I have to make a real living. And I'm not willing to live hand to mouth at this point in my life. So my quest really became, became how do I approach these things differently so that I can actually figure out a way to make a real good living doing things that a lot of people do and just barely scrape by or burn out and leave. So what did you do? Well, I went from being a six-figure lawyer to being a $12 an hour personal trainer. And that was quite a blow to my ego in addition to my bank account. But the way I looked at it was, hey, so what if I'm making 12 bucks an hour? I'm literally getting paid something to learn my next craft. And I was on a mission to learn as much as I humanly could, figure out the business, what was being done right, what was being done wrong, and then create a better mousetrap. And then you basically opened up an amazing yoga studio here. Yeah, and there were two steps. I went from there to opening my own personal training center and grew that and sold it to some investors after about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then the next step for me was um, exploring the yoga world because I'd been involved in it personally. But I saw something in New York City that wasn't being done. There was great yoga in the city, but coming out of sort of a more of a, a finance and business background, I knew that a lot of the studios were really not very friendly or welcoming to somebody who came out of a very mainstream background. So my goal was to create something that would be accessible to people who were decidedly non-foofy but really would benefit from the practice. So do you think one of the messages is to be willing to do whatever it takes, start small, make the six bucks, 12 bucks, start anywhere? Yeah. Is that one of the key, key I, tips? I, I think that's definitely an important thing, but I'm also a realist. I know if you have a family and a mortgage, you know, you can't just, people just can't abandon whatever source of income they have. So the reality is a lot of the people that, that I've ended up spoken, speaking to and befriending and interviewing um, took a different approach where I made a clean break. Most people start to build that second path on the side. And they take that hour or two that they would be watching TV normally, and they just reallocate it to passion time, to renegade time, 
And what they'll find is one or two hours a day, you know, 365 days a year, really can build something powerful on the side. And when it grows big enough, then they slowly slide into it. Jonathan, did you feel the fear? Did you kind of go, there's no safety net here, what am I doing? Every day. Yes. I, I, mean, I would love to say, no, I just barreled on, super confident, you know, like taking on the world. No, I was terrified. I mean, I was leaving. You know, I went from $2,000 Armani suits, power and prestige, and the job everyone on the planet wanted, to running shoes, tights, ratty old t-shirts, and 12 bucks an hour. And you know, I come from a nice Jewish family on Long Island. This was not exactly the expectation for me. So there was a lot of fear. It was fear of failure and fear of judgment. And, um, but what I found is pretty quickly that um, once you start to succeed, once you start to just keep taking action, keep taking action, then your own mini uh, successes start to convince you that you're actually doing something A, worthwhile, B, really meaningful, and C, that has the capability to succeed. You mentioned the approval. How did you explain it to family and friends? Did you even ask for their Opinion? I, you know, I did, and, and I, I had the unusual, it's a weird way of saying this, but I had the gift of being hospitalized, <laughs> which yes. did a chunk of the convincing for those that were closest to me. But the reality is, you know, there's a, there, it's common wisdom in sort of the self-help world to say, anyone who doesn't buy into your vision, just jettison from your life. Get them out of it. Get all the negative people out. And I think that's absurd. I think there are a lot of people who you can just step away from. But, you know, your spouse, your partner, your mom, your dad, your kids, your best friends, you can't do that. You don't want to do that. So to me, it's, it's a much more intelligent idea to literally prepare to pitch them the way that you would pitch a venture capitalist on funding the, you know, the business of your dreams. Put that much effort into researching what you want to do, that much effort into exploring the, the opportunities of competition. So that when, then when you do circle back to have these conversations to rally people to support you, it's a really intelligent, well-thought-out conversation rather than people just saying, oh, this person has lost it, um, which is what the conversations devolve into a lot of times. So, so I, I would almost say, you know, like, keep it to yourself for a little bit until you've really investigated a, a substantial amount. You've got some really strong evidence. And plus, that's just going to help your own process a lot anyway. Jonathan, for friends, family, and people who know you well, what would they say is the biggest difference between who you were then and who you are now? Like, how have you changed? Not I, what you're doing, but how have you changed? Two big things. One is I'm healthier. Um, I was a disaster uh, in my old job. And, you know, there's no sideways in life. It's a myth. There's no just keeping on, keeping on. You're either going up or you're going down. And if you're doing something which is high stress, destroying your body, and you're not taking care of yourself, there's, it's going to be a long, ugly slide, so healthier. The other big thing on a daily basis is I'm present. You know, I'm actually present in, in my wife's life, in my daughter's life, in my family and friends' life. So I mean, before coming here this morning, I, I went and dropped off my daughter for her first day of school. And there's a good chance I'll pick her up after school. We'll just hang around and play. And that's all folded mm -hmm. into my business day. Mm -hmm. And it's not just being physically present. It's not just having my body there. Because that's one thing. It's being you know, emotionally and psychologically present. And I know that this is true. I mean, you have an enormous following on Twitter. <laughs> and your Twitter name is Jonathan Fields. Um, and your first question of the day is, who can I help today? Yeah, and every it's, day. And it's really about being present with people as to what you can give. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back.
Welcome back to Change Nation. I'm here with Jonathan Fields. He's the author of Career Renegade, How to Make a Great Living Doing What You Love. Jonathan, how do you help people figure out what they love? You know, it's, it, and I have sort of a unique approach to this because I don't, I'm not a believer in the big, everyone's got one single life purpose type of thing. I think there are a lot of things that can make us all passionate and come alive. Um, but I think it starts with asking one big question, which is what makes you come alive? And there's a big caution there. And a lot of people generally, when they ask that question, they say, well, what makes me come alive that I can make a boatload of money at? And it's a horrible thing to do because it shuts down the exploration. Because if there's not just a readily apparent mainstream path to money, then people won't even acknowledge it's something they want to do because they feel bad about the fact that they want to do it, but they're not going to because they don't think they can make money. So strip away the second part of the question. Just ask a simple question. What makes me come alive? Sit down and brainstorm absurd things, funny things. Look back at what you like to do when you were a kid. Look at the people, the content, the processes, the settings, and the culture that you've been around at various parts in your life where you just felt like you were in this amazing state of flow, absorbed in, in bliss, and start to make a running list. You don't even have to have jobs or anything like that. Start to focus on the bigger qualities. And once you find those qualities, then you can start to drill down and find the, you know, the more specific jobs. What do you feel are either mistakes or myths or hurdles or obstacles that people are already thinking are going to show up? Um, so they don't make that first step. They don't necessarily get off the ladder or pursue their dream. What's, yeah. what's in the way? You know, I, I think the, the two big things that are in the way are things that we touched on a little bit already. Which, Well, I think there are three big things. One is inertia. Two is fear of failure. And three is fear of judgment. Inertia, you know, the famous marketer who once said Maslow got it wrong, that uh, survival is not at the base of the triangle, that actually the need to not step out of your comfort zone <laughs> is the fundamental need for a lot of people. We are terrified. We develop patterns over years and years and years that just make us live on autopilot. And stepping out of those patterns is scary for a lot of people. So I think you start by taking little teeny steps to start to you know, explore and, and get your comfort zone, not just being safe all the time. Uh, second thing is dealing with fear. We tend to ask the what if I fail question, which is important to ask, but not without asking two more questions, which is what if I do nothing? And what if I succeed? Paint a very vivid picture of those three things. And then instead of spinning the failure scenario, which most people do, spin the success scenario. So and the third thing is a fear of, of judgment. And we've sort of talked about that a little bit, which is really focusing a lot of energy on understanding how to rally the people around you to, if at best, support you and at least withhold judgment. How do you deal with bad days? How do you deal with thinking you are a failure. <laughs> How do you deal with going, what am I doing? You know, um, it's a great question. And I would love to say I don't have those days, but every entrepreneur has them. Um, to me, I, I've evolved a mindset where every time something, you know, there's a big roadblock which comes up or a challenge, to me, I, I've, I take a look at that and I say, you know, like, this is kind of cool because every roadblock, every challenge, every failure to me just means that I'm one step closer to my next big success. So to me, it's, yeah, it may suck in the moment. Yes. I, I can't deny that. I'm not going to say, oh, it's all blissful. But basically, I'm focused on where I'm going so intently that I say, you know what, this is just another challenge. So let me see how I can move past this and then how I can learn from it so that it doesn't get repeated again. Is it an easy process? No. And is there a universal solution? I don't think so. So it's really just day by day. But I think focusing on the long-term vision is, is really helpful. Do you think the whole way that we're working 
going into jobs, careers. Do you think that whole thing is shifting? I mean, for new graduates, for people who are looking yeah. for jobs right now? In a huge way, and a lot of it is because of what's happened in the economy over the last year. You know, I saw after 9-11 there was a huge shift in the psychology of how people want to earn a living, especially in New York City, which is where we are. Um, and what I'm seeing now, too, is that over the last year, what is it, you know, 15, 16, 17 million people have lost their jobs. What's so unique about this cycle is that a lot of those jobs don't exist anymore, and a lot of those companies and industries don't exist anymore. People can't simply go back to them. So there's an awakening in a lot of people to the notion that I'm being forced to do something radically different before I just jump into something which is going to pay my bills, which you may have to do short term. Let me take a step back and say how I really want to rebuild this next step. How do you feel life has sort of pushed you in the direction without you even knowing where you're heading? A lot of the times people go, here's the plan, here are the three steps. Mm -hmm. I'm not even asking you for those three steps because as an entrepreneur myself, I had this whole plan and a whole right. other thing happened. Yeah, it's funny. I have a friend right now who's making a movie um, about how technology is basically making the planned life obsolete. Um, and it, I, I think it's really, I think it's important to think a lot about where you want to go. Um, but a lot of times, once you start to just take action on that plan, opportunities just come at you that you never saw. Um, you know, the, there's a famous quote which essentially says that until you fully commit yourself to one particular endeavor, um, you, you'll never know if it's truly capable. And when you do, all providence moves and opportunities, people, occasions, events, rise to support you that you never existed before and you never would have seen. Um, so I think really just constantly focusing on where you want to be and think about the steps, think about the plan, think about the path, but be very open to opportunities and, and paths and directions that you never saw coming and embrace them. So at the place you're at in your life, you've, you've written a book, mm -hmm. you help people um, find their passion, you do events. What's, what's driving you? What's your motivation? What is, what is the thing now? What's next for you? Where, where's Jonathan going? You know, it's a great question. It's something that I'm actually working through myself. I mean, first and foremost, it, the big career thing for me is actually has, is not about career. It's always building the way I earn my living around my ability to be present in the lives of my, my family. That's number one for me. Beyond that, it's about impact for me. It's about the pro two big things, the process of creation and impact, impacting people's lives. And that's going to manifest in a lot of different ways. More books, uh, expanding my blog and my online presence, speaking, very likely a couple more companies. You know, I sold my last company in December, so I'm looking at a lot of different ventures right now. The interesting thing is, for me, right now, it's less about very definite um, quests. It's more about ensuring that the qualities that I hold dear are really present on a daily basis, what I'm doing. And over the next 12 months or so, that's starting to gel into very specific quest and ventures. So one of the things I ask a lot of the guests that I have on the show is what I call our, our signature questions, because you're a change agent. You're definitely an example for people to make change or inspire them to make change. Here's the first question. What is the best change? I think I know the answer to this, but what's the best change you've ever made? Well, clearly the best change I ever made was um, Levi's to Lucky Jeans. I mean, that was life-changing. <laughs> um, second to that, though, I think the decision to leave behind this traditional path and just open myself to the notion that I can create my own living, 
the way that I choose, and it's going to be okay. Hardest change you've ever made? That too. <laughs> yes. What is a change now in your life that you would like to make? Refocusing back on my own personal um, wellness, health, and fitness. Because I've, I've gone through, to me, balance is a little bit of a fiction. The pendulum is constantly swinging to one extreme or the other. And um, I've pushed very hard over the last year, launching a book, uh, growing a blog, and all sorts of other stuff in a, a new company. Um, and what I've started to realize lately is I haven't been giving myself enough, um, my, my health and fitness enough attention. So right now, I'm, I'm really refocusing back on that a lot. Final question. What do you feel are your most fundamental beliefs? What's, what's in the inner circuit in Jonathan's mind? Beliefs about change, life, what you're doing right yeah, now? Um, be compassionate. Uh, give first before you get, and very often with no expectation of getting. Um, probably the fastest way to your own success is by helping other people succeed. Um, and, and be present and involved. You may not always be in the greatest mood, you may not be happy, sad, whatever it may be. Um, to the extent that you, you're capable of doing it, draw yourself into the moment and be fully present in whatever is there for you. For more wonderful, inspiring wisdom, information and tips on Jonathan, please go to his website, jonathanfields.com. You can also follow him on Twitter. You can find him on numerous other places around the web. He's a very much loved blogger, <laughs> entrepreneur, example for a lot of people. Also an author, Career Renegade is his book, How to Make a Great Living Doing What You Love. Get it for yourself or get it for someone who you know just needs a little bit of a nudge. Jonathan, thanks for being on the show. That's uh, my pleasure. For more interesting, inspiring interviews, please visit us on the web at changenation.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Mm -hmm.